Welcome to the Theology in Practice podcast, a podcast that takes theology and applies it to the everyday life. I'm your host, Anthony Kidd, and I want to thank you for joining me in this week's discussion. Welcome back. As we are continuing in our study of the book of John, we're going to be moving into John chapter 4. As a short introduction, we're going to be looking at the context of the historical differences between the Samaritans and the Jews. In chapter 3, we were given the ministry transition from John the Baptist to Jesus. Chapter 4 begins the expansion of the gospel from the Jew to the Gentile. The beginning of chapter 4 sets the stage for the first interaction between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Before diving into the text, we need to establish the historical context to which we are entering. The Jews and the Samaritans did not like each other. The Samaritans were a mixed breed of people who came about because of the invasion of Assyria just over 700 years before. The Jews that remained after the Assyrian invasion became a very syncretistic people. Their blending of religions also led them to forms of idol worship. This idol worship led to a continued development of animosity between Orthodox Jews and the Samaritan people. So much animosity that John 4.9 tells us that the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. We'll discuss this further, but for now, let's break down this introductory passage and get to the full context of what John is teaching us. John begins by stating that Jesus heard that the Pharisees knew about him. While the sentence is written much like a gossip chain, it is likely that the Pharisees have this information because of the discussion with John the Baptist's disciples and a certain Jew that they were having about purification just a few verses before. That was in 3.25. An interesting footnote that John adds here is that Jesus himself was not baptizing, but rather his disciples were doing the baptizing. On the surface, this seems to contradict what we read at the end of chapter 3 when John the Baptist's disciples were getting annoyed that everyone was going to Jesus to be baptized. They very enviously say, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. That's 3 verse 26. Remember this analogy. If you have ever contracted a builder to build you a house, then when someone asks you, have you ever built a house, you are more than likely going to respond, yes. However, You did not pour the slab, frame the walls, set the plumbing, or run the wiring. So in reality, you did not build the house with your bare hands. You did, however, authorize the work to be done and pay for that work. You were the authority over the contractor who did the actual work. This is what Jesus did with his disciples. He was the authority over which they were the ones doing the baptizing. So much like you would say that you built a house, John can say that Jesus was baptizing. Now, because Jesus heard about the Pharisees, he leaves the Judean countryside and heads north through Samaria. Jesus was near Jerusalem, but he was not in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the hub of activity through which routes from south to north were centered. More than likely, Jesus and his disciples were near the Jordan River because they were baptizing. This means that the route that Jesus took to get to Samaria was not the fastest route possible. The fastest route and most direct from Jerusalem to Galilee was certainly through Samaria. However, Jesus was not in Jerusalem. He was to the east in the Judean countryside and likely the Jordan Valley near John the Baptist from John chapter 3 verses 22 and 24. While we cannot know for certain if Jesus and his disciples were in the Jordan Valley baptizing near John, they were already in close proximity to the eastern route to Galilee that traveled through the Jordan Valley. 
It would have been far easier for Jesus and his disciples to simply travel north on the nearest route to their present location. Instead, it appears they chose to travel west and then north through a less direct route from their current position. It would be akin to traveling from Miami to New York via Las Vegas. Let's look at a little more detailed version of the history behind the animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans. As we are told in John 4.9, Jews typically had no dealings with Samaritans. Where did this animosity begin? When the Assyrians attacked and deported thousands of Jews from the northern kingdom in 722 BC, they simultaneously imported and repopulated the land with the conquered nations. Those Jews that were left in the land after the deportation, later intermarried with the newly imported foreign nations. The result was an intermarried race of people that jettisoned much of Israel's traditions and identity. This group of people became known as the Samaritans and were considered despised half-breeds by the Jews. After the exile, when Israel was later allowed to return into their land, they encountered a mixed-breed group of people that they considered impure and unworthy. This led them to establish segregation policies that later resulted in counter-segregation policies by the Samaritans. When the Jews began the process of rebuilding the temple, they rejected Samaria's offer to help on grounds of uncleanness. This can be seen in Ezra 4, 2, and 3. This action caused the Samaritans to build their own rival temple on Mount Gerizim. This was the temple that was later destroyed by the Jews in 128 BC, claiming that the only proper place of worship was in the temple in Jerusalem. Hostility and tension between Jews and Samaritans continued during, the, during and beyond Jesus' day, resulting in a number of violent acts and wars. For these reasons, it is all the more shocking that Jesus would choose to travel through Samaria and engage a Samaritan woman in dialogue, and later place a Samaritan hero at the center of one of his stories. You can see that in Luke 10. As a side note that leads into our story about the Samaritan woman at the well is the ministry that Jesus did and where this ministry was birthed from. Jesus ministered from Galilee to Jerusalem. Then he went Judea and Samaria. Think about all those places and the command of Acts 1.8 to take the gospel to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Also, the Samaritan woman represents the need for all people, regardless of race or ethnicity, are in need of rescuing. In chapter 3, we saw the story of Nicodemus, the righteous and respected Jew. He was in need of birth from above in order to see eternal life. In chapter 4, we see the story of a Samaritan woman. She was someone that Jesus shouldn't even be talking to, yet he offers her living water that will lead to her never thirsting again. No matter what your state, it is important to recognize that we are all sinners in need of a Savior and that the only Savior is Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for joining me for Theology and Practice. Our prayer is that God's Word would penetrate into your heart and continue you on your journey of sanctification as you seek to be more like Christ. 